My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head Get it out of my head Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Joining me as podcast producer, running the board, is Ooh. Adib Desai. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of funny because today we're talking about flight, right? Yes. And we have a technical issue with our board. That, mm-hmm. as you described it, how did you describe? I feel like I'm flying the plane without the instruments. That's what's happening. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at out the window. So if there's hissing, yeah. if it sounds funky, we're going to try and fix it in post. <laughs> but if it's <laughs> Which still, we hate. yeah, we hate doing. But if it's uh, if it is a little off, you're just going to have to forgive us because our content is going to be good. We're going. Yeah. Yeah. We promise. Yeah. No. No, <laughs> no pressure, Sid. <laughs> We've got Sid Blue here as our as our guest. Hello, Sid. Hello, how are you? I am doing well. Thank you very much. Um, let me tell you about Sid Blue. This is kind of a, this is going to be such an interesting show. I can't wait. Okay, as chief pilot, chief pilot. She's a pilot. That's a good title. Isn't that so neat? Yeah. Look at her. She's a pilot. As chief pilot, running an aviation business specializing in aerial surveillance, Sid Blue lives a life in the skies from California to Texas. Now, on the ground, Sid has also written, edited, and produced for everything from TV stations to production companies, from book publishers to national magazines. I've had the pleasure of having you in class and reading many of your scripts. And, you know, you're, you're, you are the, the fact that you do so much, that you write books and you write screenplays and you fly planes is all at the same amazing. time. Yeah, all the, yeah that's, that might be a problem. Um, now, along with two books, Sid has over 40 articles published and supervised writing staffs around the world at magazines and at news services. She also produced an award-winning documentary, TV shows, commercials, and short films. And she has two cats and a husband, which isn't, which, you know, that's, that's quite a bit yourself. That I mean, takes a lot of time, yes, too. absolutely. Absolutely. So, hold on, I have to cough. <coughs> Oh, that was nice. That'll just add to the technical oh, stuff. Yeah. That's, that's good. That's how you know this is real. That's real. It's real. So let's, let's first, before we get into talking about flight for a second, about flying on screen and also finding stories through, through, uh, through flying and through, and through, I don't know, I, I, I don't have the words for it. What would you say? Well, people are really interested in flying, so it's... It always adds when you add that to your writing. Right. It's just exciting. And, and that's some of the things I wanted to talk about, too, is just how people comb over the movies with flying in it to see what's accurate and what's not. And, and just there's so much out there that has actually happened that you wouldn't believe is real. And so a lot of times they're saying, hey, that would never happen, but actually worse has happened. So before we talk about sort of combing these places for story and and what's real and what isn't real and how do you make it work on the page, um, I just want to sort of give a nod to your book, Circle, 
um, which is doing very well in schools right now, and you're trying to get it out into into the school system. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, it's just launching right now, actually, probably next week, the curriculum that goes along with Circle, because it was being taught in 7th and 8th grade, and the, the students didn't want to stop reading it, and it ties in with science, so it starts discussions in science and STEM, and it's a common core aligned, so it's just perfect for the new um, edicts that the educational system has. Well, what's, what's so interesting is, we've, I was just talking to Adip before the mics went on, and Adip, you have a new job that is kind of along these lines, too. So can you tell everybody yeah, a little I bit about that? Yeah, I work at uh, Reading Rainbow. Some of you may have heard of it. I uh, can do anything. Remember that? I hear that song like 200 times anywhere. a day. <laughs> we, we all like sing along. It's pretty dorky over there. It is. Yeah. And LeVar walk, walk in and be like, you guys are dorks. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but yeah, we're, you know, what we're trying to do is get kids to love reading, not necessarily teach them how to read. So, and we're, you know, our target audience is a little bit, it's skewed a little bit younger. It doesn't really, it kind of butts up against junior high. But once, you know, we get there, kids are reading some pretty advanced books. We're not going to put Huck Finn in in the tablet app because it's, not yet. you know, just text. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> um, we're focusing mo- mostly on picture books that have, you know, limited text. So so it's to get people, it's to get kids loving reading and yes. getting this app. You mentioned getting an app in, into the schools yeah. as well. So part of our mandate through the Kickstarter program that we got, um, we got five and a half million dollars. And Seth McFarlane gave us a million dollars, which is insane. He said there would be no Family Guy without Reading Rainbow, which is kind of that is (laughs) just so odd. (laughs) So weird. That's also because he probably can't get in within thirty feet of a school, like legally. (laughs) (laughs) So So, yeah, so that's what we're doing. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. If people want to uh, give money to the Kickstarter campaign, I know it's over, but with Kickstarter, you can keep. We adding keep, funds to it, yeah, right? Yeah, we still get money coming in. So um, you can check out the, uh, just Google Kickstarter Reading Rainbow. Um, even if you Google uh, Reading Rainbow, the Kickstarter comes up pretty high. And you can just um, go on there and see at what level you want to pledge if you want to. And there's some pretty great swag and some pretty great events. So if you give a lot of money, you know, you can meet some pretty incredible people in the sci-fi world especially. Can so. we hang out with LeVar Le- Burton and will he put on his glasses from Star Trek? He, He's a well, sweetheart. You have to pay a lot of money to have LeVar put the visor on or let you touch the visor. <laughs> oh. That's like way up there. Have, have you seen the visor? I have not seen the visor. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I'm the biggest LeVar dork there and they all know it because I get like catatonic when he comes by and he'll sit next to me and I'm like hi Lamar yeah but he's a sweetheart have you have you flown him I interviewed him him like years ago and he was just so sweet he's so nice right Mm -hmm. yeah he's he's the real deal so it's kind of cool to have you know your figurehead is actually a legit yeah cool guy that's awesome and it's also awesome that you're promoting reading i tell the kids at the schools that i go to speak at that if you can read you can learn anything that's and it's right it's so amazing that we have the knowledge of all the civilizations just stuffed into these books that we all have access to yeah and it's we, amazing. we take it for granted that and it's we do there, you know that's amazing now you mentioned that you know kids particularly love 
flying. They right? do. They love it. They really respond to it, maybe because they haven't been in as many airplanes as adults have, and we're a little bitter about it at this point. But, <laughs> but they, they see it as freedom, right? They do. They do. They're so fascinated by flight. Um, from my YouTube um, videos that I have up, they write me emails and say, I love flying. I, I want to do it so bad. Tell me how. Or they'll say, I want to fly really bad, but my parents say I'm too dumb. Or, you know, oh. Wow. That's... <laughs> Could you imagine those parents? You're an idiot. You can't oh, fly. I can imagine them. Because, you know, you see them. Really? Right? You see so many bad parents. That's terrible. I know. So I just On the other hand, them. I don't know if I would let my kids fly. <laughs> but not because they're stupid. Just I'm a little scared. For but society? Or, I, or I'm, yeah, probably. I am scared for society. <laughs> my 14-year-old my still walks into walls. Where she's like, oh, what was that doing there? So, okay. So but it's also Young Eagles gives free flights to kids. Oh. What is that? Um, it's a program, youngeagles.org. Mm-hmm. And Harrison Ford himself has taken hundreds of kids up just to share the love of flying with them. That's a bad idea. That's just a Why? There are stories <laughs> about Harry. Oh. No. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm ruining this whole thing. But the reason that, the reason that I think this is interesting is if people were doing a kid's story, if people were writing a, a kid's movie, um, to incorporate some kind of flight is a great way to tickle their fancy, right? Because this is something that they find so in. Yes, yes. Well, there's Flying in Circle. My other book, Fly Girl, is also about a 16-year-old who learns to fly an airplane the hard way and in the process becomes piloting command of her life. I remember that. I, yeah, you read it. <laughs> um, but Circle also has a little flying in it, too. And when I talk to the kids at the schools, they say, I love the detail in the flying scenes. I can imagine I can understand how to fly. And so it kind of gives them behind the scenes, um, but in a way they can understand what's going on in the airplanes. So I think that's why they like it. Now, you also mentioned something about showing them how to do it, to, to that part of the storytelling that you incorporate in, in your work is the logistics of flying. Like, what is it like to actually be up in the air and doing this thing instead of just pulling the camera back and, look, they're flying around in the clouds. You put them inside the airplane. Definitely. So, so tell me some of the things that you think maybe haven't been dramatized effectively in terms of being inside of a plane or that have been done well? Well, I, I know there's so many stories out there. It's just rich with stories. The sky is rich with stories. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there's so many sources that you can find these stories. Um, for example, you can look at the NTSB website and they give a, a breakdown of actually accidents um, a little short summary of what happened, and then it shows um, in depth maybe what went on. So there's a lot of material there. But um, it's kind of a, a weird thing to talk about because we're talking about accidents. You know, you don't want to think about that when you're thinking about flying. But pilots actually read these summaries because we're trying to learn what not to do. And there's so much going on in the sky. And whether you live or die really depends on your skill level and how you handle any unexpected situation that comes up. So it's just good to have a a broad depth of uh, knowledge of knowing what um, to do if anything comes up and how to react to it. For example, (laughs) 
there was this guy who took his friends flying in a small four-seater airplane, single engine. And I should let everybody know, we're not talking about kids stuff anymore. Just, 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 <laughs> this would not be a good story for the kids. Okay, keep going. Yeah. That's right. Sorry, I switched. Does it involve snakes? Because <laughs> that's... Snakes can get on a plane. Can snakes get on a plane? Sure, why not? Okay. Yeah, yeah right. Well, Dogs. I'm, now I'm terrified. Okay. Dogs go flying a lot with their owners. <laughs> I've done that, but yeah. snakes, though. It can happen. So we got, we got four guys on a plane. Okay, we got four, four, four people on the plane. Okay. Um, they're drinking, having a good time, partying. Uh, then, of course, they have to go to the bathroom. So the pilot lands at uh, Vegas, North Las Vegas, and pulls up in front of the lobby to let a passenger out. And he didn't shut down the airplane, unfortunately. He pulled up in front of, like, where do you land right in front of a hotel that you can be, eh, yeah, get out here, go to the bathroom. Like, where, where was he? Oh, so the lobby of the airport. The lobby of the airport. airport. Ah, okay, so, God. I should back up, not, okay. Okay. Why do I always think hotel? I think, oh, it's Vegas. Because when you leave here, you're in hotels. Yes, that's right. 100% of the time. That's right. (laughs) Well, that leads me to another story I want to tell you about uh, what my mother-in-law thinks that I parked, where I parked my plane. But anyways, I'll get back to that in a minute. (laughs) She thinks I just pull it up next to the house. Um, So we got a guy, and they, 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 so they they park the the plane for a second, so this dude can go out and go Uh, to the bathroom, because they've been partying in the sky. it was a woman. She was a model. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Oh, I like this now. But he didn't turn off the plane, and he should have, because, you know, people have been drinking. He said, stay away from the front of the airplane, because what's there? A spinning blade. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's invisible when it's spinning. And she walked into it. <gasps> so this is that famous story, right? Of the model. This is the real story, right? Yeah, it's yeah, a real story. But of that model. But it's, I guess it's similar to what happened in Indiana Jones, if you want oh, an image. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's yeah. disgusting. Yeah. So, I mean, really, the littlest things you do, the little choices you make have huge effects when you're dealing with airplanes in the sky. And um, there's just so many stories of... Um, what went wrong? <laughs> well, actually, uh, that's why I want to get back to inside the plane first. Okay. You've seen people flying planes in movies all the time. Mm-hmm. What do they get right and what do they get wrong? Well, they get a lot right. Okay. But um, we, to make it dramatic, we kind of blend stories. We use a lot of different stories together in one. Uh, for example, in the movie Flight. I liked Flight. There was a big debate about, oh, uh, you know, can you fly... In, an airplane like that upside down. Well, of course you can, but not for long. <laughs> you can if you're Denzel Washington, <laughs> super coolest guy on the planet. Nobody's trained for flying that plane upside down. No. Nobody does it. Aircraft manufacturers don't recommend it, but you can. It's a plane. You can fly it upside down. So the way he sort of saved that, did that move in order to sort of keep them from crashing or whatever, is that plausible what he did or is the yes. implausible part the fact that he did it for so long? It's plausible and what's implausible is that everything went wrong. Um, usually when you're dealing with an emergency, you're dealing with that emergency but it's not very visually exciting so they added the engine going out or catching on fire and <laughs> the so hydraulics. So that wouldn't necessarily and, really happen given the other things. Not all of it. Yeah. I mean, because what they were, they blended um, flight 233. It was an Alaskan air, I think, airline flight i think that um had the jack screw from the elevator oh, right, break right, off right. and then they lost pitch control and then they blended another one i think it was flight 261 where the engine fan blew up and took out the hydraulics so they kind of blended all those emergencies together to, to make it more exciting 
What happens, you know how we've got that familiar trope of the, the pilot's down, you have to fly the plane. <laughs> like airplane? Like every, like <laughs> every happens. movie on the planet that involves a plane. So it, is it, oh, it does happen, it so does I guess it's, it's possible. In fact, there's a whole um, class set up for um, the wives of pilots usually. Now, I'm being sexist because um, only 6% of all the pilots out there are female, so... I'll say that there's this the class set up for the significant other. How's that? Sounds good. To learn how to land the plane, just land it in case something happens to the pilot. Got it. Got it. So because the most likely person to be civilian to be up there hanging out would be. And so is is it possible to have somebody let's say it was cold. You had never taken that that little training, right? And that's how it usually is in the movies and somebody's like, "I'll walk you through it." See that little lever there? Pull it down, right? Like and it's, it's usually over the the radio, right? Yes. In the movies, right? Yeah. They're always talking someone through it. So is that possible? It's possible, but that person would have to know how to tune in an air traffic controller to help them if they weren't already talking to one. Ah, uh, I see. So just like the like just which <laughs> button do you start, right? Yeah. It's kinda of like us with which this podcast button? before we, we There we've goes the luggage. Oh whoops. <laughs> That would be me, man. Everybody yeah, would uh, die. Everybody but, would die. But, you know, I have a little checklist in my cockpit. So in case I am incapacitated and I have someone with me, they can just follow along. I turn on the radio, tune oh, it to one twenty one. That's so cool. <laughs> that makes me want to fly with it now. Yeah. Just try it out. And then knock me out and, and see yeah. what happens. Whoops. <laughs> I got She'll have checklist. an incident. <laughs> anyway, so let's, let's get to what you actually do. Because when you say you run an aviation business specializing in aerial surveillance, that sounds like a movie itself. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. That's right. Okay, so just tell me a little bit. To the point where you don't have to kill me. Okay. Well, um, there are people out in this country who are actually protecting you that you don't even know what they're doing. And so what I do is very important for the infrastructure, protecting our infrastructure. It's an aspect of Homeland Security, but it's not Homeland Security. You look kind of like the Homeland girl, doesn't she? <laughs> she looks a little, she looks a little, doesn't a little? Oh, except without the ugly cry face. But she's a, she's a pilot. <laughs> She's, oh, that's she's not an analyst. That's so true, but she's still, she's got different skills. Can't there. we pretend she's Claire Danes well, for just could, a second? She could be on that level. For she's sure. awesome. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're you're Claire Danes in the sky. <laughs> there it is. I like this movie. It's good. So I you're Claire Danes like in the sky. Her. Okay, and and uh, and so you're you're doing surveillance, right? It's a, a sort of home. It's, uh, but so tell me more. I'm sorry, I got carried away. That's all I can tell you, actually. What? Yeah. Well, what do you guys do? What do you do as you're surveilling? Like, what are you looking at? Well, we're flying low level, mm-hmm. so I'll just tell you it's a really rough environment because we're down in the thermals and the heat. Sometimes it's 120 degrees in the cockpit. I'm being beat up by the wind. Um, just like we're having Santa Ana's right now, and I'm dreading going to work tomorrow because I, I better remember to take my mouth guard. I have actually fractured a molar in severe turbulence. Yikes. Oh. I hate it, but it's um, that's the part I don't like. Um, it's kind of like you're in a bucking bronco on steroids or yeah. a ping pong ball in the sky just blown around by the wind because, you know, wow. I'm flying a small plane. I want the most economical since I own the business. Um, you don't know anything about turbulence until you've been in a small plane. You Nothing on those commercial airliners yeah. compares. Really? Yeah. We're just a bunch of wimps, aren't we? <laughs> we are. So, so, so you're bumping around and you're looking for stuff. What are some of the things that you would be looking for that would give you a red flag? Can't tell you that. Not at all? 
Um, this podcast is going nowhere. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it does it involve people or does it involve um, objects? <laughs> people try this all the time. We're not going to get anywhere. But I will tell you that um, people are kind of funny about drones, and I can't yeah. wait to switch to drones. And it's yeah, I was the ask same about thing. That, yeah. I mean, I have cameras. I'm looking. I'm writing a report. Uh, um, how's it different to have a drone doing that? I just can't wait to get rid of my pilots and get a drone. <laughs> but you mentioned something about um, drones actually getting in the way of planes because yes. you said the camera can only look down. Yes. So tell us a little bit about That's that. so stupid. Like, they can't spend money getting cameras looking up and around and look for traffic like everyone else. Ah, so they can just, they just keep looking down yeah. and they just bump into things in front of them? Well, they, they want to either shut down the airspace or um, that's what they do a lot is hog the airspace. I hate that. The drones do? Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, drones. They're not only in military bases. They are right. out there flying around in other places. I'm getting so paranoid. <laughs> I just assume everyone's watching all the time. I, yeah, that's probably a good way to live your life. That's how I live my life. I don't think I could get out of bed if I thought that all the time. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, God, I'd be so self-conscious. I'd be like, I don't know, do I look good? I don't have any makeup on. Oh, that's true. You, I just go the other way. I'm like, they're watching. This is what you got. This is like, it. This is it. Yeah. I'd also be afraid of boring people to death. Like, I'd want to put on a good show if they're... Okay, Lars reading another script. <laughs> no, can we just not fly over her house anymore? <laughs> so boring. So, so you've got drones and you've got you. And so I would imagine in a, in a uh, script that is, uh, you know, some kind of thriller, you could actually incorporate this element and people don't think about it. They think about what's on the ground, who are the, the, you know, the people in the scene, but they don't look up and think that up there are all other people in the scene that you could sort of, I mean, you have multi-level stories. I think it would be great to incorporate drones into more scenes because it's really fascinating stuff and uh, just the the level that my cameras can see is so detailed and amazing, and I can only imagine what the military can see. <laughs> she's really she has like an evil grin I'm right s- now. Claire Danes is this like too this much. is you know when Claire Danes goes really dark. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, you yeah, know what where I mean. She's like, yeah. That's what Sid's doing. Right I know. Now. I'm moving my chair. Yeah, you should. You should. This Be is scary afraid. stuff. <laughs> I thought she was a nice girl. I thought we were going to talk about nice flying stories. I know, and it's totally different from the stuff I write for the the teens. I mean, in a sense, there are pilots who are afraid of my book, Fly Girl, because they're afraid it's going to cause kids to not want to fly. And the the thing that airline pilots hate, they're dealing with people who are afraid of flying already. So they don't want you to make them more afraid of flying. But it doesn't work that way with kids. They're, um, they, they like that, um, being on the edge of danger and, and overcoming it. It makes them feel empowered to see Fly Girl actually handle an emergency and get through it. And so that's my point when I'm telling them that, actually, no, if you're a kid, being in a dangerous situation isn't the same thing as for us adults. And also, yeah. I think kids like the idea of problem solving. Mm-hmm. It, you know, if, if you can show somebody problem solving, whether it's on the ground or in the sky, they feel like they have more control over their environment. Right. They, they, it, it deals with their fears because they see exactly. a way to accomplish. Right. Um, Empowering. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell me about some other places where people can sort of dig into to, fi- to, to be inspired by what's out there in the flying world as far as writing stories goes. Okay. There's Flying Magazine, um, which you can read online. There's AOPA. Um, AOPA.org. What does that stand for? Air, um, 
Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Okay. It's a wealth of knowledge, uh, especially if you want to learn to fly. They have all sorts of um, uh, articles on um, maintenance or planes or flying or training, um, getting a mentor, everything. It's one-stop shop. Um, and also the NTSB for the summaries on accidents. <laughs> so so NTSB, so you, you, you look at these summaries of on accents and there and they are open to anybody anybody the yes. general public can mm -hmm. yeah it takes a while for them to get the report out so you won't see an accident that happened just recently but uh they're all in there and you can search also by airport which is kind of interesting because i live up oh, in hell no. <laughs> <laughs> no never going to burbank again <laughs> no i live up in big bear lake and so it's like almost 7,000 feet. Right. And in other countries like New Zealand, you have to have a separate rating for mountain flying, but not in our country. And so people um, fly up there and they forget about high density altitude and the winds, which are really squirrely. They come off the mountains and swirl. And uh, so they'll get caught in a gust when they're trying to land and they don't think about reacting and get those feet, uh, the feet going and um, reacting, pushing back with the rudder and just all sorts of things. They'll, they'll fill up the plane with the cheap fuel up there, relatively cheap, and uh, the whole family to go skiing. And um, they try to take off, and sometimes they can't because they're, they're overweight. So you're wow. talking about small, small planes. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's where like you have all those creative accidents, right? And yeah. also, frankly, that's where you, a lot of small planes show up in movies, right? Yeah. Because, you know, if you need to, to have a getaway kind of thing, you know, taking a commercial jet isn't going to be the way to go. <laughs> um, you actually mentioned something about the fact that airplanes and movies, if you wanted to do a low-budget movie, that you can still have a low-budget movie and actually incorporate a plane oh, definitely. into that. Yeah. So how much, how much do these things go for? Well, a small plane like a Cessna 150 is only $15,000. So wow, that's pretty cheap. Then you have the other that's end of the spectrum where um, Six Days, Seven Nights, that's a Harrison Ford movie. Um, they bought beavers. So they had um, the beavers were $1 million each, and I think they bought seven of them and crashed them. And it's like, oh, why? <laughs> why? That's the extreme, you know? So you can get a plane for less than a Prius? Right. Dang. Wow. Really? Yeah. It's like I'd the get, cost of a motorcycle? I'd like get the girls boat. to school so much quicker if we had a plane. That would be good. I'd just well, parachute you, them down. Yeah, if you have a place to land. Otherwise, you need a helicopter. Boom. Bye, honey. Got your lunch? Oh, that's too bad. Well, that's why it was so cheap for me to do the two trailers on my books um, in airplanes. So that was a lot of fun. That's true. I just checked out your book trailer today. And yeah, people are flying. There are, there are planes in the sky in a book trailer. You know? That's crazy. Of it course. was fun. That's it, awesome. It helps that she owns an She, she has company. access. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. You also mentioned... That sometimes uh, the truth is stranger than fiction when it comes to flying. Um, and you, you said that Bridesmaids is actually, that scene in Bridesmaids is based on a growing trend of women who take Ambien while flying. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? Well, yeah, I heard this from my friend who's in the FBI and he's responsible for crap that goes down at LAX and he has to investigate every threat and you know people calling in and saying there's a bomb on the plane and all that and it's usually like he calls up the person it's like okay who's mad at you 
And then one of the stories is that this growing trend that women are taking Ambien and going to sleep on the plane and then they get sexually assaulted and he has to investigate that. So he says, if you're going to do that, don't show everybody that you're taking a pill. Oh, interesting. <laughs> oh, it's because a lot of people are like, I'm taking this because I have a fear of flight. Yeah. Some uh, creep is like, all right. All righty. Do you ever have, do you ever have like a, but just like a, a crazy Christian wig kind of like, hey, everybody. Like just, just like going around yeah. from, do he, you, he has crazy stories running down the aisle screaming. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I uh, am now famous for having passed out in the plane. Oh really? Yeah. I did not know that. <sighs> going to Australia. It was really embarrassing. What happened? I passed out in a plane. I, uh, I got, I got dizzy. I, I got up to go to the restroom because I was dizzy and I mm-hmm. passed out <laughs> and, uh, really passed out and when I woke up because somebody was going squeeze my hand and I'm like what the who's this person not letting me sleep and I was like oh I'm in the aisle (laughs) 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 oh god I'm in the aisle you know Um, but uh, but the first thing they asked was uh, what'd you take you You know and I Mm. actually honestly I know I have a reputation but no I did not I hadn't taken (laughs) taken anything so that reminds me though uh, the story it also has to do with the movie Flight Um, Flight is not really a movie about flying it's about uh, substance addiction that's true and it's not really appropriate to nowadays but back in the 70s they were doing drugs and drinking while flying the the flight attendants and the pilots were partying up there i i, I wasn't there at the time but i've heard that uh, yeah it was a big party in the sky and nowadays we have drug testing and all that so it doesn't happen um and also because the the climate's just changed but can you imagine i I can, um, you know, just like thinking back it was to a more being innocent time. Uh, it wasn't that innocent, man. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, just, I'm like flashing back to being like nine years old, and I'm like thinking about my parents. You know what I mean? Like, and I remember like um, going to Disneyland, and it was a, it was a two flight seven forty seven, and on mm-hmm. the second flight was a bar. And everybody was walking around and drinking. Right. It was just madmen in the skies. Yeah. yeah, it was just just. But you also have the altitude affecting you too, so. right? So everybody's just kooky yeah. and nuts, <laughs> right? It's completely irresponsible. Nobody's putting their seatbelts on. Everybody's smoking, right? They right. could still smoke, right? Nuts. Um, so, so if somebody getting back to script writing, um, if someone wanted to sort of create a new obstacle that we haven't seen lately in a flight movie, you could write a period piece. You could go back to that era and think about, you Definitely. know, and it would certainly make you appreciate flying now. Um, I have a, a student right now, actually, in, in one of my groups, and he's writing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to connect you guys, okay. um, because he is writing something about a plane crash in the 60s, and, uh, and it's been really challenging for him because he keeps kind of writing in things that would be contemporary and then realizing, oh, no, no, no. That's not how it would be anymore. Right. For example, he uses the, we had a big discussion of the word terrorist. Terrorist wasn't in play. It wasn't something that you associated with flights really until, until 2000. Well, the you 80s, know? you had Lockerbie and stuff like that. That is true. Right. That is true. Yeah. I mean, but it's sort of, sort of like this sort of natural, like, it's the first thing that we think of now. Now, Yeah. 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 Right, like I have to be careful not to turn too crazy or when I'm low level because people are so afraid now of airplanes flying around. And you know, a little oh, airplane yeah. can't do any damage anyways, but people are just really paranoid. Sure, mm. just the, the just seeing it and the sound, mm. and it sort of it brings us to sort of a PTSD kind of right. place with it. And you know, aviation's only a hundred years old, so uh, we or, or just about. Um, so we have. Um, 
a very rich history. My my father was actually at the beginning of jet aviation, and they um, were still working out the bugs. So once a month at his Air Force base, a pilot would die. Wow. So, yeah, and it was just, that's what you did. You just sacrificed mm. your life for to advance aviation. Mm. Do you ever think about that when you're up in the air? Sure, because it all depends on what you do. If you're going to come home at night, how you're going to react if something comes up. Are you, are you going to do the right thing? And if you talk about a different a situation with a bunch of pilots, they'll give you four different answers on how to handle the situation. So it's not like set in stone. Um, it's not like driving a car where you're just going forward and maybe turning left or right. There's so many factors to flying a plane. So it, it's really um, dependent on how you feel that day and, and how you react and your knowledge base and so many factors. What do you think are... Do you think that there are any obstacles up in the air that that the movie industry hasn't turned their attention to? Uh, and you mentioned abu- substance abuse. Okay, we see that in flight. We see that in you know, be good for like a seventies movie. But is there sort of are there yeah things that people have been ignoring? Actually, um, it's kind of interesting that um, Search and Rescue, the CAP um, Civil Air Patrol, has been um, on alert for drug runners coming across the border now in ultralight planes so they're not on the radar and um there's a lot more ultralight crashes as a result Mm. so there's all sorts of crazy stuff going on at the border that would make really great stories um and you don't normally associate planes with border movies or anything like that again we sort of we're always so grounded we're always sort of thinking on thinking right in front of us instead of looking up what is an ultralight plane like like how how would one distinguish it from a regular plane there's all sorts um there's a whole experimental class of aircraft, and um, they range from uh, like a, a thing that looks like a hang glider with a little engine on it um, to an actual like tiny little airplane. Um, there, there's all sorts of uh, sport aircraft too that they're um, in a different class. You don't have to have a regular pilot's life license for it. Oh, okay. And there's also. Um, Another aspect that's been going on and people are up in arms about is um, how many times people are getting pulled over in planes, (laughs) essentially. You get pulled over in a plane? (laughs) What what do you do? Pull to the side of the cloud? What do you do? Well, that is uh, the Department of Homeland Security, and they have been um, following planes. And then when they land, they um, take them out of the plane, they search the plane, um, and... Pilots have been pretty upset about it. When you think about um, the reason that airplanes can fly is the aerodynamics, the shape of the plane, like the airfoil on the wing creates lift. Any kind of dent or scratch is detrimental Hmm. to lift. And I certainly wouldn't want a bunch of guys and their dogs running all over my plane. Sure. Sure. It's like, uh, who's going to pay for that? Because, you know, anything with an airplane is so expensive. But But, but you're cleared in, so you're not pulled over. (laughs) Right, you just got you get on the phone with Saul, you start getting Saul freak out. Right, exactly. Well, she, she's and not schizophrenic, so that's a good thing that we know of. No, <laughs> she keeps smiling when everybody is talking about people dying. It's the gallows humor thing. She knows she's seen all the weirdness, so she has a sense of humor. Oh, I've seen and too we're much. freaked out. <laughs> seen too much. But that would be good if you had a, a pilot who 
is a lead in, is a main character in a story, mm-hmm. right? One thing that we don't think about is grounding that pilot, right. right? So the same way we don't think about our main characters going up in the air, we don't think about our, our characters in flight having to be grounded and being like pulled over and being searched and 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 just some of the politics and logistics that, that happen as, as somebody who flies. There's another story where a man was flying his glider and he caught a thermal. It's all about finding those thermals and riding them. And he happened to be a couple thousand feet above a power plant and people freaked out. So somebody on the radio told him to, to land at a nearby airport. And he happened to be monitoring that frequency. And he complied. And then he was put in jail for a couple of days. And so they were doing search and rescue looking for this guy. He wasn't allowed to make a phone call. Wow. Oh, wow. And they totally violated his rights. So um, on condition of him getting out... They made him sign that they wouldn't. Um, he wouldn't talk about it or sue them. <laughs> so God, whoa! There's not a lot of information about. Uh, and yet, you know about it, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now they know. Sits here. See, we got something. We got something out of her. I'm going to ask you the stupidest question. I'm sure everybody asks you this, and it's just. But you know, why not me? Do right? Um, do you have a theory about the Malaysian uh, flight and what happened to it? Um, I haven't been paying attention to that in a while, but at the beginning I thought that uh, they um, probably took the plane up to altitude and uh, turned off the systems for oxygen so everyone would pass out. And I, yeah, I think it was foul play. So you think that that was purposely done, that somebody inside the plane took took off the system and made everybody which is what happened to me that's why I passed out because lack of oxygen <laughs> oh really yeah yeah I found out that an oxygen oh. thingy you know those yeah, oxy- yeah. It's my was my best friend I was cradling oh, it wow. for 14 hours oh my in god in Australia yeah so um so ah that, that's interesting so then where's the plane yeah. I don't know I don't know why would, well, yeah what are they planning on doing with it yeah interesting yeah mm. <gasps> Okay, let's go. Let's jump to sci-fi for a second. Okay. So, um, if somebody was writing a sci-fi movie and now incorporating flight, where do you think technology is going to go realistically with flight that might be interesting to incorporate in, say, a, a near-future sci-fi movie? Uh, hopefully, it will go to us all having airplanes and flying because I hate traffic on the freeways. Flying cars, flying cars. <laughs> She's talking about gonna, flying cars. We're just moving the traffic up though, aren't we? <laughs> but there's more space up. You know, yeah. I'm always thinking about like, why don't they add another layer to the freeways? Yeah. So, that's right, because when then we could be on top and yeah. right? when the big earthquake comes, we can just... Wouldn't that be good? Yeah. It's definitely going the way of drones. I mean, we're going to have that. We're going to have delivery with drones and they're going to be staying in the low level. But, you know, we, if... When we take off and land, we still have to be in those lower levels, and then um, helicopters are flying low level, and surveillance and cops are all flying low level. So it's going to be a shakedown of um, sharing the airspace. So if you did sort of a a sci-fi, almost talking about it like a sci-fi Blade Runner, like where somebody who could be an authority is one of these people who is sort of flying and doing surveillance, you know, like in the in the near future, where you know instead of Cops sounds on bikes, great. like in Santa it? Monica. Like I'm just, I just <laughs> sounds great. This stuff just comes out. You write it. You're come on. That's what you guys do. There, but but I, it could be something like that. There's um, places right now where people live next to runways, and actually, you can have a runway at your house. That's legal. Really? Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> so if you want to build it and you have enough land, you can have a runway at your house. But there's also communities that are have houses built around a runway. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, John Travolta has his, what is it, a 707 parked out in front of his house. So if you're doing a sci-fi movie where every where flight is now a sort of a it has become mm-hmm. the new home computer, it's, everybody does it, then you could imagine environment that also incorporated runways. So that if you're like doing sort of small town America, it's now small town plus runways, right? That'd be it's, cool. That that could be, and it's also neat. getting really automated too. Um, in I think it's the seven seven seven. Everything is so automated that you're really just a um, systems manager of the computer mm. and I think you can fly the whole thing without touching the yoke what's a yoke that's the control column it's like the steering wheel ah yeah okay so it's actually just in case I have to fly a plane <laughs> <laughs> planes really are flying themselves now and then you have to be there to manage anything that comes up abnormal wow mm. Sid, it's, this is amazing stuff is there anything that we left out because you know you, you yes yeah. we well, I wanted to talk about how great you are as an editor. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> but clearly not as anybody who knows anything about anything mechanical at all. True. <laughs> not come near a plane or even a TV set. But so what's so amazing about your skills looking at a story is finding the, the logic and the holes in the logic and, and bringing it together more into um, something that's more um, streamlined and together and organized and makes sense. And you're just amazing. I've found that you're the best editor I've run across for scripts. Definitely. And, you know, behind every great writer is a great editor. So definitely need need you. I appreciate that. And I need you because as we've determined, everybody's effed if I'm flying the plane. So I I actually would like to fly a plane with you. That would be really fun. she wrote the instructions down. She wrote the instructions down. And she's a good writer. And you can follow instructions. So I think... (laughs) You should try it. Somewhat. Somewhat. Actually, I would. I want to take a... How, how can I get in a plane with you? Actually, everybody, especially I've heard that if you're afraid of flight, you should take a demonstration flight lesson because once you get your hands um, on the yoke and it's in your control, it changes the way you feel about flying and... Mm. Becoming a master of the sky is just so addictive. Wow. <laughs> it's so much fun. You should just try at least one lesson just to see what it's like and... Yeah, I don't know. It might just change the way you feel about flying. I might look. Honestly, I spend a lot of time in planes. I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I have a love hate relationship with them. I'm kind of. I kind of get like George Clooney Zen, like up in yeah, the air yeah, about I it sometimes. Too. Like where yeah. I'm like, this is cool. You know, it's just me. Nobody wants anything. I'm in an airport, and then sometimes I'm just like, oh my god, <laughs> I'm gonna cross the plane. I'm so frustrated. Once I'm on the plane, I'm fine. It's yeah, getting to the plane. That's my. Uh, my difficulty. Do you know what happened last time I was on a plane? Because, you know, I just got back from yeah. a, a thing. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> three countries, 10 days, everything's yeah. going smoothly. Now I'm finally on my way home, okay? So I'm in Portugal, and that's the leg that will take me to Newark to come to L.A., which doesn't make any sense. So I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there, and United gets on and goes, oh, I'm sorry, everybody. We're just trying to figure out what to do with four passengers who have fallen ill. Whoa. Which is just like, just like, really? Come on, you know? And what was hilarious was half of the plane started getting out these little masks. Like, 
what? It turned out that everybody carries these little masks around. I didn't know that. And they're all putting them on. I'm like, what? this is absurd. Oh this is crazy. God. Do you have a picture of that? I w- you know oh, what? Man. I should have, right? Oh, I should have been like, hey, everybody say cheese. People are pretty worried about the air in airplanes because yeah. they recycle it and they, they it's not pressurized to um, ground level either. It's something like, I don't know, 5,000 feet or something. Um, so you have that recycling dirty air. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> but, you know, people are also afraid of turbulence because it's, um, they're not afraid when they, they go out in a boat and they're kind of rocking in the waves, but because the wind is invisible, it's, I think mm. it's more scary. Mm. Well, didn't you say something too about like sometimes, sometimes pilots uh, fly through a cloud I always thought fl- pilots could just fly through clouds, but you said no, actually no. when they do that, that's that's scary stuff, right? Oh, well, you have to be instrument rated in order to fly through clouds because you can't see anything. You see this white fluff or mist, and it can be very disorientating. So sometimes uh, pilots who don't know how to fly instruments will get into a cloud accidentally, and then they'll turn upside down and crash. Oh, my they, God. Because they just get vertigo. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So I, I hope if so you've been do listening, that. yeah, don't do that. But if you've been listening I'm to this, never getting on a plane ever again. <laughs> yeah, but they're no. trained. Commercial pilots are trained, and they're flying IFR all the time. So I'm never scared on a commercial flight. It, Good. but I'm scared to get into a small plane for sure. Well, you're smart then because commercial flights have very rarely have accidents, but GA general aviation mm-hmm. does. So. Uh, no GA for me? No GA? For Emmy? Um, uh, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> so so if, you've, if you've been listening, no matter how you feel about personally putting yourself in an airplane, I hope you've gotten some ideas for places you could go to find more original stories. So either in the plane, up in the air, on the ground, as somebody who flies a plane, what would be the future of flight? How could you use period pieces to bring you back to new obstacles in flight? Also, I was going to say, hangar flying is a great way to get stories. These guys hanging out at the airport, so you can go there and listen to their stories, and hmm. you would not believe some of the things that happen. And if you wrote it, people would say, oh, that's unrealistic. But it actually did happen. So so if you just go to a, like a local like Van Nuys airport. There's 5,500 general aviation airports and 500 commercial in this country. So there's a ton hmm. of little airports, municipal town airports. So also it might be good to sort of get the lay of the land in those places too to see how people could fly in or fly out, how access mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we always think of those big commercial airports and that's how you get things in and out, but it's often those smaller ones. So getting a sense of the geography is a Like on a Wings? Idea. Yeah. The TV show Wings. <laughs> in Wings, it turns out they just hung out in the cafeteria yeah, the whole time. <laughs> that's there, a, a little while ago I noticed there were three um, reality shows built around flying. There was um, Flying Wild Alaska oh, yeah. and Extreme Plane and one other, um, that, that one about Chicago where they're flying around. I can't remember the name. Ice Pilots, that's it. But so people are really interested in this um, topic. And I also wanted to mention that when um, Top Gun came out, recruitment for the military went up 500%. Oh. Wow. But the Pentagon had script rights of approval, so they actually controlled the final product. Ah, that would be why. Wow. Got it. Got it. If you join, you can look like Tom Cruise. Well, I love the movie, so I'll give it <laughs> Who doesn't that. like Tom uh, you know, yeah. the Top Gun. Now, uh, by any chance, do you do any consulting? Let's say somebody had a script 
could they hire you as as a as a consultant on it as just just for the flight stuff? I'm just wondering. Putting her on the spot on microphone <laughs> on my <laughs> podcast that goes out to thousands of writers. Well, they could try. They could go to sidblue.com and contact me there. But um, there are some great people out there, um, like Stafford, uh, Steve Stafford with um, Wings. Oh yeah, his company does a lot of uh, the flying scenes for movies. Really, and he's he's an awesome resource. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay, that's good. People know to go there. Studio Wings, I think his name is company. Studio Wings, go there first, and then then bother soon. But also do check out go to sidplute.com to find out about your book circle, to find out about your other projects as well. Anything else that they should keep their eye out for? Maybe. Well, we'll have some uh, announcements coming up here shortly. We might have some news you on can... on the script, which would be great. Yes. Crossing my fingers. Yes. Um, and, uh, and I want to thank you for being here. Thank you. Adeep, uh, where would people find you these days? Uh, mostly at Reading Rainbow, but on Twitter you can find me at Adeep, A-A-D-I-P, and I'm there mostly just harassing LeVar on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <Rainbow. laughs> for real. Like He walks and he's like, I saw your tweet. <laughs> and he laughs and walks away. That's, our, <laughs> that's 90% of our interactions. Now, so. Awesome. <laughs> um, you can also go uh, follow me on Twitter at, at on the page. Um, also go to onthepage.tv and also uh, remember the Facebook page. It's it's just for on the page and you know it, it tells you what podcast is coming up and we post links and things like that. I forgot to spell sidblue.com. Oh, that's true that's because everybody mis- misspells that, right. including me. So it's like Sid, like Sydney, Australia, S Y D, and then blue like the color. Zidblue.com. I like that. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of what's com- coming up. Oh, yeah. Check out the first draft class. That's going to happen in January. Six weeks to a first draft. You will get there and also have a lot of fun. It is live in L.A. If you're not in L.A., check out some of the online offerings. They're all sort of pre-taped classes, and you can look at five classes uh, Five videotaped versions of classes. They're a little bit raw, but they're fun. They're the real class, and uh, and I'm offering them now. www.onthepage.tv. The end. The end. Love Pilar. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> Thank you, Sid, for being here. Thank you. Thank you, Adeep. Awesome. Yes. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and have a good writing week. 